Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. In all things of nature, there is something of the marvelous. Aristotle. And so it was raining. It was a dark and stormy night. And so it's raining and... This goes on for like two hours I'm awake and this guy's, he'll get up and he'll mill around in there and all the lights are off, but he doesn't turn any lights on, but he goes down and like looks in one of the rooms and comes back and lays down on the floor again. And I'm just like, what is going on? And then I hear a car pull into the gravel lot and there's steps that come up the outside of this building up to the, up to the hostel. And I hear the, the doom, 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 doom of the boots coming up the steps. And all of a sudden the door kicks open and it is this big burly guy, he's bearded and he's wearing camouflage and he shines a flashlight in my face, shines it on those girls and he shines it on this guy and he kicks this kid and this kid jumps straight up at attention like he's in the military. And he says, you ready to go get your stuff. And the kid grabs his, uh, his books and his suitcase and goes out the door with this guy. I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, Dirtbags and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. 
Let's get to this week's guest, a section hiker and a chaplain to through hikers and outdoor enthusiasts, Brad Sasser. Welcome to the pod. How's it going, Brad? Hey, I'm going. It's going well. Doing great. Fantastic. You know, I've never, to my knowledge, talked to a chaplain on the podcast. So this, this, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes there's, there's a few of us out there that people run across from time to time. Okay. Now, in your time on the trail, have you picked up a trail name along the way? Yeah. Um, everyone calls me Shep. So it's like shepherd shortened to Shep. So and my Southern drawl sometimes confuses people and they're not sure, but it, it's Shep. 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 What What do you think some people hear when you say Shep with your Southern drawl? Uh, apparently there was a guy on the Three Stooges that was uh, had some similar name. And so some people think that's, I have to explain that one sometimes, but I've tried to do a little better pronouncing, pronouncing that P, that Shep. And so everyone kind of gets it. Mm-hmm. That's right. There was a there was an odd uh, three third stooge, fourth stooge. I don't know who went by the name of Shemp with an M before. That's it. it. So yeah. Shemp. Yeah. yeah. So you had so your like, nah, nah, that's not me. <laughs> you had your traditional Larry, Moe, and Curly, and then there was Shemp, and I think there was another oddball in there in the later years as well. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm showing me. my age by by discussing Three Stooges or not, but Three Stooges have come up a number of times in the podcast over the years. So, well, some some people who know me might think that fits just as well too. But okay, yeah, Shep is what we roll with. All right. Well, if we venture into the the crazy or the stupid, it might go from Shep to Shemp during the episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Shep, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of uh, friends of mine that have been on this podcast. So just through time, uh, seeing those guys on here, yeah, I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty good experience listening to it. Fantastic. You want you want to name drop anybody? Uh yeah, I mean uh, Carl, the professor, uh, Jolly, uh, out and about, Jason, mm-hmm. recently. Uh, so really good friend of mine. Hiked with him some last year. Going to hike with him a little bit this year. So. Um, and then uh, Mega Man, so know some of those guys. Yeah, that you just you did some serious name dropping there. All those guys are really cool. They were a lot of fun to talk to. I was just showing off maybe about uh, forty minutes ago to my coworkers uh, after work. I was showing off pictures of myself and the professor at that Mexican restaurant in Agua Dulce when I when I uh, treated him. So that was that was a lot of fun. And I just told the story the other day about Mega Man about Wesley Tills and his, his remarkable uh, story about being a Mormon missionary and kind of uh, leaving that life behind and, and hitting the PCT. So good times. Yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, he is definitely like uh, one of those one of a kind characters that you just love to hang out with. Yeah. He's very enduring. Yeah. We are always looking for one of a kind characters. And so I'm hoping that you're one of those as well. Uh, we'll see. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Jury's still out. So <laughs> yeah, Shep, if you so. listen to the podcast, you know that we have a section towards the end called the pro tip inside of the week. That's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Do you have something, do you have something prepared already? Trail don't, don't, wisdom. Don't reveal it. Don't reveal it. But I just want to know, do you yeah, have, yeah, I thought about it. yeah, yeah. I thought about it. Okay. 
All right. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I know I know a lot of what not to do because I've done all those things. <laughs> well, it's, that's that's the fun part is during our discussion here, we hear about what not to do, about things that went wrong. And that's that's the fun oh, yeah. stuff. And then we then we share with you know with our listeners what to do to learn from our mistakes. That sounds good. Okay. The must bring gear review. Hey Shep, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. Are you familiar with Six Moon Designs? I am. I have the Lunar Solo. Look so, at you. Uh, Very good. Nice. So here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Shep, what is your must bring piece of gear when you're out there on the trail? Yeah, I've heard you ask this question. So I had a chance to think about it a little bit and it's going to be my, uh, my quilt, my, I have a hammock gear. Uh, so it's like an economy burrow, I think they call it. It's really like a, a discount quilt kind of thing. So I just, you know, whenever I was trying to get a little bit of lightweight gear, I was trying to research and find the best thing for maybe the better deal a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, I love my quilt. And so I think I could survive with anything else as long as I had had the quilt to get under. So I have okay, the foot box and uh, it goes up behind the knees, zips up, you know, and so I like the foot box, but I roll around, I side sleep and do all this kind of stuff. So mummy bags don't really work for me very well. So that quilt, I can roll. If I just had that quilt, I could probably just sleep on the ground and survive. Nice. There is nothing wrong with discount gear. I mean, as we all know, if, if you're trying to shave ounces and go really ultra light there, you can spend a lot of money on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still, I'm raising kids, you know, and all that, all that good stuff. So it's like, you know, dad wants to be able to be comfortable in the woods, but uh, dad's got a budget. So. That's right. That's right. And I, I, I like to tell people, don't let a budget get in the way of you actually doing this thing of going out and doing some hiking, doing some overnight camping, okay. go, go with some discount gear, go, go with the gear that you have, try it out, go for the experience and then over time, over time, you can make some progress on your your purchases and your gear. Doesn't have, you don't have to get all all the best stuff all at once. You can kind of build up to it. Yeah, yeah. I had it. You know, I had it built. I'm a little wider guy. I got the bigger one. It's overstuffed a little bit. Um, so I kind of made some specific changes to it. But uh, overall, man, it's great. It's been good for me. Yeah. What is it? What is the temperature it's rated for? 20, 20 degrees on that one, okay. um, you know, is where it's rated. Sometimes uh, I will pair it with, if it gets really cold, uh, like a Sea to Summit micro liner, um, mm -hmm. you know, just a little, you you know, uh, liner that you can get in and then do the quote over the top. So I've taken it down to like, I mean, below freezing into the 20s uh, cowboy camping, but had that, had that other little liner under there and I was good to go. So um, I know that those ratings, you know, aren't true to uh to temperature but when you add a little bit of something else to it like that um uh, that liner it can help plus i sleep cold. I, i'm a good guy in the cold hot i'd rather be in the cold than hot so you know i'm okay i can survive in the cold yeah totally agree and also you can you can throw on a couple of a couple of pairs of, of clothes you can wear everything yeah, you got great. and the liner and and the quilt and get by just fine yeah for sure 
Okay. It's the hiking pole. Now, Shep, you've probably heard of the hiking pole if you've been a, a regular listener. This is a seven-question survey yeah. that's going to help me determine your level of sanity, with one being uh, completely insane and 100 being completely sane. And so uh, this is – if I were to ask your family and friends, you know, where would they score Shep on the sanity scale from 1 to 100, where do you think they'd, they'd answer? Well, um, you know, I'm from South Alabama originally. So most, you know, hiking and uh, being in the outdoors like we are, it's not a huge thing in South Alabama. They're more like hunters and fish, hunting, fishing, things like that. So most of the people here would, would think that I'm crazy, but I tell them all the time, uh, you don't know crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, some of the people that I meet and, and some of the things that they do are really amazing. Um, and you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of in awe of some of these guys that I hang out with. And so, you know, by the standard of most people that I grew up around, what I do might be crazy, but you know, compared to the mega mans of the world and, you know, the out and abouts and people like that, I'm pretty, I'm probably, uh, you know, I'm just blessed to be in their company. Okay. So you didn't give me a score there. Are you being evasive? Uh, I don't know what, what people here would score me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they'd probably score me pretty crazy. They might say like a 25 or something like a that. 25. Yeah. But now by, by like, uh, by like, you know, the standards of that you would score me, I'd probably be more, more like a 60. Okay. All right. 25. I have in my mind, some guy shirtless in, in 10 degree weather, you know, howling at the moon or maybe barking at the moon. Remember that that's what people here would think. And, uh, Got That's it. probably way off. So. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. This is my podcast. Uh, I get to give yeah. you a score based on how, you know, what I think of your answers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of know where you put Jason. So I know that I'm going to be North of Jason. <laughs> what was, well, I, I'm, I'm flipping through my notes here. What was, what was Jason's score? Uh, he was like in the four, like 43 or something like that. And uh, I thought that was a little high, maybe. So, you know, 40, I'm probably, that's why I guess, that's why I say you 60 when I said what you. Yeah, 46. I just found it. 46. Oh, 46. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a, little high. Probably, maybe a little high. I should probably publish a list somewhere of uh, just the names and the scores. What's the lowest one you've ever given? Uh, the lowest score. We've gotten into the 30s before um just a couple of weeks ago you haven't listened to this episode because it hasn't, hasn't aired yet but by the time this comes out people have listened to it uh heather daigle goes by egg she scored a 37 wow and so did so did phil perry 37 uh, okay oh, so, you know what? so here, here you go cheswick cheswick he did the great western loop he scored in the 20s he was a 27 yeah, so that's one of the lower ones ever. That's one of the lower ones, yeah. Okay, so you really don't. So 40, 46 isn't that bad. You don't go that low with some of the scores. Yeah, I haven't heard all the episodes, so I don't know how low you really like what to gauge it by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you don't have a couple on the, the other end too with like, a, you know, a, maybe a 68 or a 72. Those have been some really tame people. Yeah, those, let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right, all right. So hiking pole, P-O-L-L, -L, like the survey, uh, not like the things you hold in your hands. Seven questions can help me give you a score. So here you go. Question number one, we'll start easy. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? I'm a trekking pole guy. You know, 
I'm over 40. I got to be careful. But uh, yeah, I like the trekking poles. And what, what is the benefit of trekking poles? Uh, for me, it's just balance. You know, some of the places, you know, that you go through, it's just to, to help. Uh, they help me on the downhill, I think, too, sometimes. Take a little pressure off, maybe the knees, or uh, that could be placebo, and I just think that. But regardless, it, uh, you know, I think it helps me some on the downhill with the knees, and for sure balance. There's been a couple times where I think I would have I would have bit the dirt if I didn't have the trekking pole. A um, couple couple of places I probably would have slid for a few feet if I had not had the trekking poles. You know, been on the downhill slide, so um yeah it's, it's more balanced thing and sometimes you know i just throw them in the i can you know i collapse them down throw them in the pack it's not i don't always have them but if i'm on uh any kind of uh you know steeper terrain i have yeah i like that image uh, i might have might have bit the dirt i mean that's uh it really shows what could possibly happen out there you know face yeah. and mouth hitting the ground that's uh that's a that's a real yeah, possibility not there, you know for any length of time that happens but you don't want it to happen very often. Right. Right. All right. Question number two, what's on your feet, boots or trail runners? Trail runners. Yeah. I'm a trail runner guy. Okay. And do you have a specific brand that you prefer? Um, yeah, I wear ultras. So, um, I typically, you know, they change them a little bit every year. So I just bump up. Uh, I don't really, it's not a, I like the toe box because you have a little bit of a wide toe box. When I first started hiking and I didn't really have a clue what was going on, uh, I had the wrong shoes and I was getting blisters between my toes and things like that. But ever since I've gone to those, I haven't really had that big of a problem. So uh, I wear those usually. Yeah. Do you go with the Lone Peaks? Yeah. 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 Yep. The the aforementioned Heather Daigle egg, I mean, she talked about wearing ultras because she has misshapen feet. And so just trying to get a little bit extra space in there. They're roomy. Yeah, that's my thing. I think it helps me with the, some of the initial blister problems. Because when I started hiking, I definitely, I did not uh, understand or appreciate what having the shoes. You know, if I was going to skimp on anything, I wouldn't skimp on the shoes as far as money. Um, you know, I'll, I, I always tell people, spend the money on the shoes if you're going to spend it on anything. Um, you know, and then maybe pack next, but shoes for sure. Uh, because that'll make or break you. All right. Constant listeners. Hope you're listening. That's a, 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 that could qualify as a pro tip right now, but he used it up too early. That is a great piece of advice. Don't skimp on the shoes. If the feet aren't happy, the hiker's not happy. That's right. Okay. Question number three, uh, when it comes to shelter out there in the wilderness, are you a tent guy, tarp, hammock, bivy, or cowboy camping? I'm a tent guy, but, uh, you know, I've been hanging out with some of these, some of these, uh, some of these guys that have kind of, I'm, I've, and maybe it's just time and being more comfortable in the woods, but, uh, you know, I'll cowboy camp now whenever, you know, if the weather's right, um, or if I'm in the right place or with a group of people or something like that, everybody's cowboy camping. I'm down for that. Um, uh, Jason and I, we cowboy camped on the Pinhody a good bit last year. Uh, it was still really cool, so there wasn't a lot of bugs. And, you know, if you can get a, a little bit of a rock overhang or whatever, or even if the weather's nice, just be out. Uh, so I'm down for that. Uh, but I have the tent uh, usually with me just in case. So, Right. Yeah, the conditions have to be right for, for cowboy camping. You don't want, you don't want it too buggy. Um, yeah. The, the weather well, has I to be right. you have opportunities. 
yeah in the east coast you always have to be prepared for the rain and all that stuff it seems like so um yeah so I, i'm carrying the tent whether i use it or not sometimes it becomes a pillow right right and what what kind of tent do you carry um i usually if it's just well, it depends on on if I feel like setting up or, or what I feel like taking. But I have the six the six moons lunar solo, but then I also have the hubba hubba NX two two person. If I want like extra room, if I feel like carrying a little extra weight, and I and I want to I want to take the the triple wide trailer. You know what I'm saying? The mansion house instead of the little single wide trailer. Uh, I take the hubba, the Taj Mahal. Yeah, yeah. If I want to stay in the mansion. Then I take the I take the hub of two person and you know I can spread out and got all my yeah, all my stuff like I like it in there. Um, so yeah. Now now Six Moon Designs is a is a sponsor as I mentioned earlier and we talked you, you mentioned that you you bring the lunar solo. I brought that on the High Sierra Trail this last summer and it was fantastic. Just a great piece of yeah. equipment. Once you once you figure out how to set that up right, uh, it's a great tent. You know, in the beginning. Uh, it took me a little bit like I've looked back at some of my pictures that I took when I thought I really had it going on and I and with that tent and I looked at them and the way and now, now I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I even took that picture and thought that was a good setup. Like, you know, and then in the morning you got like condensation in your face. But like I figured it out, you know, once you spend some time, it's an awesome. tent. Yeah, really good tent. Yeah. All right. Question number four, and we already know the answer to this, but we'll let you expound a little bit further when it comes to your sleep system, sleeping bag or quilt. Yeah, it's the quilt. Got to have the quilt. Uh, I started off with a sleeping bag and, uh, you know, every, all my starting off story is when I started uh, hiking, the first thing I did was walk across the state of Alabama um, to raise money for uh, a missions organization, Speed the Light. But I walked across the state of Alabama and I didn't, I'm not sure, maybe there wasn't any videos available back then, like 10, 12 years ago. There wasn't all the videos like they have now. And if they were there, I didn't really do the research to watch them anyway. So I had a, I had a big sleeping bag that was like a full zip up deal that like came from Academy Sports or something back then. Uh, my pack weight was about 47 pounds back then. When I, when I first went to the, the AT Amicaloa Falls, I think it was like 2015, my first section hike. My pack weight was was about that. I had like a change of clothes for every day. I had like four pair of socks, you know, uh, like an Ozark Trails tent. Uh, I mean, I was really, really as green as they come. And, uh, you know, so uh, it took me some time to like start figuring out. Well, it didn't take that long to realize that this was too much weight, uh, but it took a little time to like dial in what I wanted to have and everything. So I got rid of that uh, sleeping bag really quick. I was like, this thing, this thing is too heavy. It's not what I need. And uh, went to the quilt. So it's great. Yeah, it does not. You're exactly right. It does not take long to figure out that you don't want to carry that much weight. Yeah. My wife dropped me off at Emma Falls and uh, that 47 pound pack. I went up those steps. If she'd been waiting at the top, I would have got back in the car. Like that would have been it. I would have been done. So Yeah. That's great. You know what I love about that story? I love four pairs of socks. Man, I I just thought like, hey, I got to have, I, you know, I'm going to change these socks. And now it's like uh, if I'm going out for like a, a section or something like that now, you know, you just take, hey, this is what I got on. 
might have one pair of socks, you know, to change into, especially well, on the Florida trail, you better have a pair or two of socks because you always got to keep one drying up on top of the pack and, you know, the dryer, the dryer pair on your feet. But yeah, um, many, on that, on that first trip, how many pairs of skivvies did you have? Did you have one for each day of the week? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had, a, I had, I think I had jogging pants like for night for like nighttime to change into like, yeah, it was not good. There, there was some. I probably could cut ten, or I probably cut ten or twelve pounds really quick just on getting rid of all the clothes I didn't need. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Hey, when it comes to food out there, stove, cold soak, or stoveless? So uh, I, I, I started off with a stove, but now I'm more of a cold soak guy. Yeah, really? I've gone cold soak. Uh, yeah, some of that's Jason. Some of that's out and about spot. Um, you know, on the Florida trail, I went to the Florida trail and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try this cold soaking thing. And then I got out there with, uh, with a couple of those guys and like out and about and uh, they were, now I, I'm not as radical, uh, my menu, like I'm going to cold soak, I'll do ramen and like mash the instant potatoes together. I don't throw like tuna and, uh, you know, all that stuff in mine and just go crazy. But I, you know, I, so I'll eat like the tuna on the side and then cold soak the ramen and the mashed potatoes and everything. But, you know, I've, I learned that when I get to camp at the end of the day, I'm really tired and I don't want to have to take the time to try to put the stove, to, you know, trying to do the stove and all that stuff. It's really good whenever I can just throw the stuff in the jar about an hour before camp and let it go. And when you get to camp, boom, dinner's ready, you eat, and you're good to go. So I've started cold soaking more and more, and, and I really like it. Now, there is something to be said about the ability to eat immediately. You know, we, we used to have this Chinese buffet near my house, uh, near my place of work, where we would occasionally go there during the day, and I could walk in the door, and I'd have a plate of hot steaming Chinese food in front of me, within you know 45 wow. seconds and that was that was good that was good i was that was really happy with that place but you know there's a big trade-off with the cold soak i mean it's kind of isn't it a little sad and depressing to be sitting in camp eating cold stuff after a a full day's hike yeah you know it is but uh you know the way i see it is is i'm gonna be in town soon enough or i'm gonna encounter some trail magic or uh you know i I do a lot of trail trail magic, and so uh, you know what I, what you when I feel like it comes back around. So um, you know when I encounter those things, it always makes it better. And uh, I know that we're gonna have some good stuff down the road. It depends on what trail you're on too. So like if you're on the Florida Trail, you know you're gonna you're gonna encounter civilization pretty regularly. You know regularly. So uh, mm -hmm. you're gonna be by a dollar store. You're gonna be by a gas station that has hot food on the Pinhoti. Um, like there was one afternoon, uh, where we just walked up to this gas station. And the thing about hiking in the South is the gas stations in the South have better food than, than a lot of restaurants do in some places. I'm just be honest. So we'll grab hot food. You know, uh, my wife actually got upset with me. I think I gained seven pounds on my section hikes last year of the Florida trail because of all the food we were eating everywhere that we went. Um, so yeah, I was cold soaking, but we were eating it like, you know, we were eating at restaurants and we had a chance to, uh, like in white Springs, there's this place called fat bellies. They had this huge shrimp dinner, two sides, hush puppies drink for like 12 99. Oh, we tore that up. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if I'm eating shrimp for lunch then I can cold soak for dinner. Nice. And there is a danger, I think not only with, with hiking, like you described and 
and also running, you know, if you're, if you're training for a marathon, I think there's a tendency for the athlete or for the hiker to think, you know, I've burned a bunch of calories. I can, I can splurge on what I eat. And so you'd expect somebody in marathon yeah. training or even through hiking to, to lose a lot of weight. But if they're going into town or if they're, they're having these big dinners thinking of themselves, you know what, I can, I can just eat whatever I want. Cause I'm, I'm running or hiking all the time. You know, that's not always the case. Yeah. And I, I think part of my problem is like, I'll get used to eating like a, like a hiker on trail and then I'll get off trail and I'll, I'll continue to eat like that. So you can't do it. It's like, you can't eat 2000 calories at a sitting if you're not burning any calories in the right. day. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You do have to be careful. Yeah. You, you definitely do. And uh, you know, some of my friends become bad influences on the food that we eat. So mm -hmm. now I want to talk about the cold. So, cause it also possibly related this might be a stretch, but bear with me here. Is it also possibly related to your profession? You know, as a chaplain, as a, as a man of man of the cloth, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, suffering or stoicism that, that, that you go through and then you're rewarded later on. Right. So, I mean, is that, is that also part of maybe the thinking here? Is it, uh, you know, you, you embrace the suck a little bit and then, and then uh, splurge. Yeah, I wish I wish I was thinking that spiritual on it, but it's just I'm pretty <laughs> lazy when I get to camp. Yeah, it's not really a spiritual aspect on the food part, I don't think. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, it's just it become an easier thing to do. Now, I'm not saying I won't ever take my stove. Uh, I do sometimes still take it. Um, sometimes it's like the tent when I cowboy camp, like it's in the pack, but I just might not. I might bring it just because I use the cup for other things like for coffee or something, but I'm not actually using it, but it's there if I want it. Got it. Got it. Fair point. All right. Question number six, I think. I'm not sure. Is life better above or below it. the tree line? Ah, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I probably spent more time below treeline, uh, but I love those. I love the places probably for me because I, I don't get above treeline as much. I love it when I'm there, but um, I'd say below because sometimes when you get up there with weather and stuff, you're looking to get back down. So um, for me, I guess below just because I'm more comfortable, comfortable there. Uh, I spent more time in the lower you know, areas below tree line. So in the hikes that I do. Yeah. Do you think the views are better above the tree line or below the tree line? Oh, above. Yeah. Yeah. Above. But you're, you're kind of prioritizing safety over views in this case. Um, yeah, well, I'm just, I guess I was just thinking of where I spend more time, you know, I mean, hiking on the, hiking on the AT, uh, you know, it seems like you're not getting, those like above tree line views as often till you get up in like New Hampshire and things like that. Um, and I've spent with my section hiking, you know, more time in the South. And then of course, like the Florida trail and stuff like that, that I've done some of and, um, Penhody. So yeah, I'm probably more comfortable, I guess, just being below. Got it. Got it. All right. And question number seven, what's more important pack weight or luxury items? Hmm. Pack weight for me, just because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit bigger guy and, uh, you know, um, which I know that I could, 
I can just, if I, I don't worry about cutting the handles off toothbrush or anything like that, cause I can just go lose five pounds if I need to. But, um, for me, I would rather, I would rather my pack be lighter. Maybe it's because the way I started off and my pack was so heavy and I remember how bad those days were. So I would rather my pack be a little lighter. Now I don't go super lightweight though. I'm still like 20 pounds. So, I mean, I'm not killing myself, killing it like eight pounds or anything. I'm not jolly, you know, out there with like the eight pound setup or anything or, uh, but I think pack weight, I would prioritize over luxury items. Yeah. I mean, if you really wanted to suffer, if you wanted that, that spiritual experience, I mean, you could get down to eight pounds and just really endure out there, just, uh, you know, grind it out. But I, I've talked to a lot of people who have really tried to go the ultralight route and have kind of bottomed out and then come back up a little bit because it just was not was not comfortable, was not the experience they were looking for. They'd rather put up with a little yeah. extra weight and have some comfort out there. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, like um, I stopped I stopped going with the blow up mats and I just go with the old old school accordion, um, mm-hmm. you know, heat reflector. Um so I've done some things like that and shaved some weight. Uh, I'm still pretty comfortable with that myself. You know, I'll sleep on the ground. Uh, I'm more of a hard surface kind of guy anyway. Uh, my wife likes the really soft mattress. So I'll, I'd rather be firm. So I like the ground. I like the hard surface. So that doesn't bother me. So I'll skimp on some things like that. Yeah. What are the big differences between your 47-pound pack and your 20-pound pack? <laughs> well, everything's lighter. I mean. The pack itself is lighter. That's how I met Carl uh, was I was looking for a uh, lightweight gear and I had a friend that worked with Carl and he's like, Hey, I got this guy, this, I know who's selling the pack. So I bought uh, my pack off of Carl uh, or one of the packs that I have. I bought off. You Carl. got a pack and, from the professor. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people nice. like, walk up like, let me touch your pack, man. <laughs> when I tell yeah. them, like, this is a pack. They're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this, this is a, I'm, I'm like, I uh, got a little bit of Superman's cape here. But, um, yeah, so, uh, that, that pack is, uh, is a little bit lighter. Um, so my original pack was, was really heavy. Uh, the tent was heavy. The sleeping bag was heavy. Everything was just big, bulky and heavy. Um, and of course, then I figured out, you know, you don't need that many pair of socks. You don't need a change of clothes for every day. Um, you don't need cotton, anything really. Uh, so yeah, it's been a learning experience for sure. And uh, I'm not sure if I would have even watched the videos if they had been available back in my day. But when I first started off, uh, you know, I like Hawk a lot. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he does videos on the AT and stuff. So I'm, I might have watched some of those. But, you know, these 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 gearhead videos and everything, I'm not really into that. So, Okay. All right, let me do some math here. We've got the seven questions in. Can I put you through the algorithm of the John Freaking Muir pod? To uh, let's see, I gotta carry the two. I'm gonna divide by root three. Gonna multiply by pi, and we're going to adjust for the wind chill at the top of Mount Katahdin on a cold October evening. And I come up with a score of fifty-four. Hey, I'll take it. Fifty-four. You're you're on the you're, you're north of the san the, the sanity scale there, so you're on the the upper end. Yeah, that, that'll work. That'll work. I'm not the craziest guy, but I hang out with a few. Yeah, you got a little crazy in you, but you're not you're not totally bonkers. So that's that's good. Yeah, that's right. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Hey, Shep, let's back up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about your background, where you grew up and uh, what kinds of sports and hobbies you played as a kid. And how did you get involved in in uh, through hiking or section hiking? Yeah, so um, growing up in South uh, Alabama, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of hiking trails here. Um, as far as like outdoor sports that I enjoy now, uh, hiking, canoeing, all that kind of stuff, or, or kayaking and whitewater, and there's none of that here. So I grew up a very traditional, like Southern existence, playing football because that's like religion in South Alabama in some that's ways. Right, yeah. So yeah. Played football, high school football, did all that stuff. And uh, I was never like a hunter or a, or a big fisherman. So um, a lot of the people in, in South Alabama who, are, who claim that they're outdoorsy, they have a different definition than I do of outdoorsy. And I'm like, you guys go into the woods and, you know, you come out at dark and you're not trying to stay, <laughs> you know. Um, but what got me into hiking, I mean, I didn't camp that much growing up uh never really hiked much was that trip across alabama at the end of that um even though it was tough it was really tough on my feet because i didn't know the um i didn't know you know what to do with the socks and shoes and all that stuff at the end it was such a good experience because of the camaraderie and then just to uh to feel like man i've accomplished something you know and so i googled long distance hiking and the appalachian trail popped up and um so i was working as an accountant at that time. And I was also a bivocational pastor. So I pastored a small church and I was, a I was working as an accountant and like, I just had no off, like the time that I would take off, I started to hike to section hike to AT. Um, and, and then of course in my, my other time, there was like almost no free time. I was just running myself ragged, like 60 hours a week at work. And then Sundays and middle of the week, I'm doing this church, the church stuff. Um, and I started reading this book by Stutzman, uh, Hiking Through. I don't know it's, if you've heard of that one. So, um, about I've the heard AT. of it, yes. Yeah. And like, uh, he, he talks about in there, like his wife, uh, he and his wife had plans to retire and go travel and do all this stuff. And they were trying to like pay their house off. And the day he paid the last house payment, like his wife found out that she had breast cancer and then she died. And so she never really got to go out and live any adventure. And then he went and hiked the AT. But I started to think, you know, I would sit at work and I was reading that book and I'd look out the big picture windows from the office and see the woods in the background. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, do I really enjoy where I'm at? And is this fulfilling? And I would, I would, some days I would leave work and I look at the parking lot and I'd see those cars and I'm like, these cars have been here for 30 and 40 years. Folks have been coming here. And like, I would think, is this the rest of my life? Am I going to come to this building for the rest of my life? And this is it. And I'm like, this can't be it. And so um, I left accounting, went into insurance, so I'd have more time to hike. And um, I was still a bivocational pastor, but I was hike, getting to hike a little bit more. And then finally, I just, uh, I'd been going out onto the trail and, and I just saw so many awesome, beautiful people. But then I would talk with people and you know, people that were sometimes struggling with different things and they just needed someone to talk to. And I thought, is there a way that I can take the two things that I love, which is hiking and being outdoors and also ministry to people um, and serving people and put those things together. And um, so I kind of pitched the idea to uh, a missions group and then they took me on as a chaplain. So. Okay. So you belong to a particular organization that, uh, 
endorses your being out on the trail yeah. and and serving as a as a kind of a a, 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 a hiking chaplain. That's right. Yep. Yep. Nice. Nice. And it's great, you know. Um, this is uh, you know, I look back sometimes on my on everything that I was doing before. And um man, like I never I never could have dreamed that I would be in the place that I am now and get to do the things that I do now. Um and have a life that's so fulfilling um, to be able to serve people and then to be able to, um, to, to meet people from all over the world. Uh, growing up in South Alabama, see my worldview was very small. And so to meet people from all over the world um, and all over the country and to just expand that worldview and to really learn to appreciate everyone and to really learn to serve with compassion on everyone when you're out on the trail, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's an awesome thing. So I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the time that I've been out. All right. Fantastic. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our sponsors and we're gonna get back to some, uh, some tales of adventures and some, some crazy people out there with Shep. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. 
since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Now, welcome back. We are talking to Brad Shep Sasser, the hiking chaplain, as it may be. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you tonight. One of the questions that, that always comes to mind for me is, you know, I don't spend hardly any time at all in a, in a church. I don't, I don't go on Sundays. Um, I'm typically involved in other activities, a lot of them being act, outdoor activities. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what I believe, but uh, I, I feel, I feel like I am closest to the creator when I am outdoors in, in just the majesty of nature. Is, is that, is that a common thing? I, I told you I was going to, I was going to pick your brain. I was going to ask you some questions about, you know, the, the big deep questions. What do you think? What, what, what's your opinion on that? No, 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 you're, I think that's exactly right. Um, and I myself, uh, feel, always feel very close to the creator when I'm, when I'm outdoors, you know, and I tell, you know, sometimes I have people, I've had people ask, we'll sit around a fire and someone says, Shep, you're a minister. Where's your church? And I'm like, you're in my church, you know? Um, and I look up at the trees and I'm like, these, these trees, the, the, the tall spires that go up or, um, you know, you sit at Laurel Falls there outside of Hampton or different places and you see all this beauty. And I'm like, this is more beautiful than any chapel that man could create with hands. You know, um, this is true beauty. And uh, there's a verse in, 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 in the Bible in Romans that I really love where it says all creation speaks of God. Like um, when you look uh, out and see. And um, so, yeah, I, and people ask me sometimes, they're like, well, who, where's your where's your church? Like, who's your flock? And I'm like this is it, you know, uh, this is us. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think people expect me to be like super preachy. I've had people ask me like, so you're going to be real preachy. And I'm like, nah, we're going to hang out, <laughs> you know, and that's what we do. Um, and I really feel like that, that the, that nature, uh, speaks to, um, that speaks to a creator. And so, I think that sometimes that well, there's a lot of people that are coming out on the trails and uh, you're looking for people are looking for some kind of answers to questions, hard questions. And they're trying to find that on a through hike. Um, and so if I can help people answer questions um, and, and I don't try to force anyone to think exactly the way that I think. But when people ask me, what do I think? You know, I'm always open to tell them uh, what I think. And if I can help people in any way, my whole goal is to be able to add value to someone's day, to someone's hike. So if someone comes through our setup and they walk away and they feel like that they've been blessed, that their day is better, that they've had value added to their hike, um, you know, that is uh, that is our main goal. Um, and then always just to uh, to serve people the way that I feel like that, uh, you know, Christ would have us to serve you know, to kind of live like Jesus. Yeah. There's certainly something magical about being in the outdoors, uh, being out in the Sierras and in the wilderness and just, um, I don't know. It's, it's like kind of like next level. And I, I, 
you know, I believe in, I'm, I'm a man of science. I believe in science and, but still science, if you go far enough down the rabbit hole, I mean, there are things in science that just lead you to more questions that, uh, you know, maybe there is something else uh, beyond. Uh, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. And so, you know, it's, it's kind yeah, of something yeah. I wrestle with sometimes. Yeah, no. And it's, it's, it's true. I mean, um, I'm not an uneducated guy, you know, and so um, I've had to ask myself some really hard questions and I've had to um, come up with answers. And but then there are things that you just have to take by faith and there's no answers for that. And uh, sometimes, you know, people take that by faith and sometimes they don't. Uh, We're not going to have all the answers to every question. And I think that's what. you know, sometimes people try to have all the answers to all the questions. And I don't try to have all the answers to all the questions uh, because I don't believe that that anyone does. Um, there are some things we just receive by faith or we accept it um, that it is. So. All right. Well, thanks for taking a little journey down the the metaphysical road with me. Uh, let's 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 <laughs> no talk problem. about your your nice your nice walk across Alabama. You talked about it a little bit earlier. What, what were you fundraising for? Uh, yeah, it's an organization. It's called Speed the Light. And what they do is um, they provide all sorts of benefits to people around the world, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, helping with water wells um, in places that need clean drinking water, things like that. Sometimes it's uh, sending vehicles to a missionary that's in a foreign field or someone that's out and that's, you know, someone that's trying to get to these areas that need clean water and providing vehicles and all that kind of stuff. So, we were walking for that organization uh, and, you know, we didn't really, uh, we just, we didn't really, people ask, well, did you have someone that followed you and you have somebody that helped you out logistically? No, we just like had my wife drive us to Mississippi and drop us off. And I already told you, you know, like we didn't really have all the right gear because, <laughs> so we just go over to Mississippi and start walking to Georgia, um, 210 miles, six and a half days. And, feet that were just like horribly blistered because we had the wrong socks, the wrong shoes, the wrong packs and the wrong weight and all of that good stuff. Um, you know, and then you're out there in the hot baking sun and, uh, but you know, you just, there's one thing I know sometimes people talk about on the trail is they say that they have their faith restored in humanity because there's so many good people that reach out to them and that help them along the way. We try to be some of those people. And there, every hiker has stories of people who took them in, people that gave them food, people that helped them. And so along the way on that walk, we had people that would stop and would bring us water. And, you know, that's the first time I really experienced like a trail angel was when I was walking across Alabama and people would just pull up and they would say, what are you guys walking for? And we would tell them a little bit and they would come back with water, Gatorade or whatever we needed. Um, So that was really cool um, to see just the goodness of people. And I think that even on that, even on that walk across Alabama, we saw it, but then you really see it on, on hiking trails. Um, And uh, the, you know, sometimes it's network of trail angels, but then it's awesome when it's just random people that just show love to other people. Um, and so there is so much negative in the world. And sometimes if you watch the news, I don't even watch the news anymore. So much negative, but you get on a hiking trail and you just see people genuinely show love to other people. And that's awesome. 
Yeah, I love that. You know, the, it, it does restore your faith in humanity. There's so much positivity that goes out on the trail, whether it's trail angels or it's other people that you meet on the trail, other hikers on the yeah, trail. Just, yeah, hikers, random people. It's uh, it, it is uh, just a, an overwhelmingly, I think for me, it's always been a positive experience. Yeah, let's go back to that parking lot for a second. The parking lot that you looked at and said, some of these cars have been showing up for 30 or 40 years. I mean, how how much did you get to know those people that parked in that parking lot during your time? Yeah, and I, yeah, I know them. I know those people really well. And I mean, it. You, everyone can't have, I guess, the mentality that, that I have. I can't, you know, uh, I couldn't do what I do probably unless I had my mentality which is kind of leave everything else behind and go out in service to, um, to hikers. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're self self-funded in some way. So people, it takes people who are, you know, going out every day that it help us. But for me, it was just, I knew there was a different call and there was something different in my life. You know, there had to be something different. Um, and, you know, I don't belittle anyone that goes to, to the, to, to their job, you know, and works hard every day. You have to have those people. But I just knew for me that it was like, I had to do something different that I was being called to do something different. Yeah. I would venture to say that there's a lot of people out there who are working their, their nine to five who are uh, in offices or cubicles right next to other people that they don't know a whole lot about. And when you're on the trail and you meet a stranger out in the middle of nowhere, you know, in five minutes, you guys are, are are sharing stories that you know that you you haven't told uh, you know good friends back home. Yeah, so I tell people that on the trail, uh, relationships like growing dog ears, you know, um, because you know here at home you have someone that you've known for twenty years, but you've only spent maybe a max of eight hours with that person in twenty years. When you get on trail you wake up next to the person, you brush your teeth next to the person, you eat lunch with them. Then you, you eat dinner, you go, you sleep next to them in two or three weeks. You've spent more time with those people that you hike with on trail than you've spent with people that you've known for 20 or 30 years. Um, you know, uh, you've communicated, you know, deeper things about those people sometimes. And so, yeah, relationships. And that's one of the awesome things about hiking is how quickly relationships form. Um, and how close you become with, with the people that you, that you hike with and that you hang out with. So. Yeah. Now, what did you learn about yourself, Shep, on the, uh, that hike across Alabama? When you got to the far end, what, what, what did you, uh, what'd you say you, you, you realized most about yourself? Well, I think it's like a, a, a stick to it. And it's like, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, you're able to accomplish something, uh, something that was hard, something that uh, there were times when you weren't sure you're were going to make it. I mean, that's only 210 miles. And in the grand scheme of things, uh, with what I know, the people that do it's, you know, we, we, you know, those people too, you talk to them. It's, it's a small thing. Uh, but for me at that point, it was a big thing because I'd never done anything like that. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And, um, uh, but it did give me like that, that, drive to this is what i you know i love doing this this was exhilarating it was a it was a rush it was something different um you know it was it's kind of like what i what i knew i'd been looking for in a way um to be able to get out and do something like that so now shep i don't i don't want you to to downplay this i mean what percentage of people on the planet have done a 210 mile hike 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, it seems like I hang out with a lot of hikers now. And so hanging out with hikers that are like doing 210 in like a week and a half, you know, um, that doesn't seem like such a big deal anymore. I mean, at that point in time in my life, it was like, oh man, I can't believe I walked across the state of Alabama. But uh, now to see people who walk across the, like the country uh, from one end to the other three times in the same year, like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, you know, 210 miles, uh, you know, it's for me, it was a big deal at that point, you know, and it was something that kind of it was a catalyst that put me into the life that I live now. So, yeah. And again, it, not just for you, I think it's a big deal, chef. It's not just for you, the big deal for you. It's a big deal. I mean, of all of, of the 10 billion or however many billion people we have on the planet, what percentage of those people have done a 210 mile hike? Less than 1%. I guarantee you less than 1% have done a 210 mile hike. So you're, you're in the top 1%. You know, put put aside, you know, the fact that we know that people like Legend and Cheswick have done the Great Western yeah, Loop, which is, you know, 6,800 miles in, in one fell swoop. Uh, 210 mile hike is a big deal. So, you know, congratulations and good on you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about section hiking in the AT. So for those people out there who may not be familiar with section hiking, you know, what is the difference between day hiking? section hiking and through hiking. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say something, I guess, to, to this point. Um, and it's something that Odie with the hiker yearbook says. And so this isn't my thing, but Odie says it. And I loved it so much. He said, when you say through hiker, day hiker, section hiker, the one thing you have in common is hiker. It's like the last name. So we're all family. So um, I know sometimes, even when I set up, when I set up trail magic, sometimes I'll have people come by and they'll say, I'm just a section hiker or I'm just a day hiker. And I tell them, you know, Hey, come on. Uh, I got fruit. I got drinks, whatever you're welcome, uh, here. And some people say, Oh, you know, save that for the through hikers. But I don't really, uh, I don't know if I love that hierarchy. Like I just appreciate everybody that get that, that are able to get outside, uh, enjoy nature, move their body, um, spend time in creation. And so, you know, the section hiker, that's, that's that guy that's taking his vacation or he's doing a hundred miles. Um, I just hiked with a friend of mine on the AT. He never really hiked before, and he went out and did 100 miles. Huge accomplishment for him, you know, and he really enjoyed it. So now he's he's kind of into hiking now. He We just had lunch the other day, and he's ready to go and, uh, and hike. Some, you know, he's throwing me some ideas. We were talking about some things we're going to do maybe a little later, um, possibly even in Europe. So it's really exciting. But, you know, um, I just see how, like, infectious it becomes. So, um, you know, I remember when I was section hiking, though, I kind of thought less of myself looking at through hikers that were coming by, you know, and everything. Um, but now I've kind of got out of that mode. You know, everybody is kind of they're all just out there enjoying nature, um, trying to answer a question or two about their self, um, you know, trying to figure some things out. So I appreciate everyone, the day hikers, section hikers, and we serve and bless everybody that comes by. Um you know, we'll flag them down, you know, and they're trying to, to sneak by and say, Oh, I'm not a through hiker. Like I, it doesn't matter whatever you're out here doing. We want to have. Yeah. I love that concept. You know, it's, it's the same last name hiker. Yeah. And we're all, we're, we're all, all part of that. we're all part of that family. What a great image. Yeah. That's Odie's. I just stole it. That's okay. Yeah. You, you quoted <laughs> the source. So it's not plagiarism. Nice. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And so what, uh, 
you to give us a definition of, of those different uh, types of hikers? Yeah, well, I guess a day hiker is just someone that goes out and enjoys a day or, a, you know, a couple of days there. Section hiker, you know, you're doing you're doing a section. You're saying, I'm going to go from this town to that town or I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to do a week, two weeks, whatever I have vacation. I'm going to do 250 miles, uh, whatever that section is that you're trying to accomplish, you know. And usually they string those together. One thing I love about section hikers is when I get to know them, I see the same guys every year because they're doing this section and they're doing the next section and the next section. And they'll hit me up and they'll say, hey, chef, where are you going to be? Because I'm going to be doing this section. Um, and so sometimes we can hang out and get back together. So it's really cool because you get to see those people every year because they're out there and they're doing things on their vacations, and things like that. So um, sometimes my through hiker friends, you know, I don't get to see them as often if they're off to the next trail or maybe they're working and saving up some money for the next thing. But uh, a lot of the section hiker friends, I get to see them year after year because they're going back out where they left off and they're starting, you know, at this town or this place and going forward. So, of course, in the through hikers, we know those guys are right. rocking and rolling, doing the whole thing. Yeah. So now you, you have sectioned hike some of the Appalachian Trail? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was primarily where I started. And uh, working through the southern areas, and um, I've still got some of the northern parts of the trail that I need to knock out. At this point, I'm kind of like an ADD hiker. I jump around a lot because where we go and we set up, you know, with the with doing the the trail blessings and things like that, we call it trail blessings when we go out and we're setting up trail magic. So, you know, if we're in Vermont, my wife and kids and I'll get out and we'll do some stuff. Sometimes we'll hike in Vermont. We've hiked in Massachusetts. Um, you know, so it just happens to be wherever we are. We've hiked in the Shenandoahs. Um, so we'll just roll through. I love having the kids with me and getting to uh, introduce them to that because I didn't have that when I was their age. So my kids are 14 and 16. So uh, they roll with us and, you know, they love to hike and get out there. And uh, my wife, she has a cool trail name. Her trail name is No Miles. So everyone knows, knows us as Shep and No Miles. Because uh, she's not a true long distance hiker. Like she's, she wants to stay kind of near a bathhouse or something like that. So she does a lot of day hikes and stuff like that. My wife wants to hike to a pretty location. She needs a waterfall or a nice overlook or something like that. Um, but, you know, she, hikers truly gave her that name at Trail Days in 2019 uh, because people would ask her, like, how many miles have you hiked with Chef? And she would say, no miles. And after about the third time, she said, no miles in that same group. Uh, someone says, well, that's what we're calling you. And, I, you know, I told her, I said, the best thing to do if you're not like, if you're going to hang out, but you're not really a long distance or a, a hiker, just make fun of it. So, yeah, so it's Shep and No Miles. And, uh, yeah, we get out and the whole family will, will, will go out and do some different things now. So, yeah, she's a destination hiker. She, there, there has to be something at the end of the trip. Ah, there you go. That's the perfect term. She is a destination hiker. That's what No Miles is about. So, but she loves to set up, she gets out and helps, uh, and helps with the setups. And, um, sometimes when I'm hiking with a group, like if I'm out doing a section, she'll go ahead of us and set up the trail magic. And then we kind of hike into where like she is, um, with stuff set up or something like that. We've done some of that kind of stuff too. So, um, you know, we just move around. And how, how do you, how are you able to do that with, with a family? How, I mean, kids are in school. How do you, how do you find the time to get you know, out there and. Say that again. Yeah. So we homeschool, we homeschool our kids uh, okay. at this point. Um, when we decided that we were going to go out and to do the, the work on the trail, 
as uh, as chaplains, we we homeschool the kids, and so uh, they're able to do their work kind of as we go. Um, you know, when we're out and, and about doing different things, so they'll do uh, they'll do their work as we go, and um, so we set that up so that we could have more freedom to go. And we have our camper that's up in Tennessee. And then uh, we camp in tents, though. A lot of times we'll take the tent when we go up to we have a we have two big tents. So my wife and I have a tent. Kids have a tent uh, now is the way we have it set up. At one point, we just had one big tent. But, um, yeah, we have two big tents. And so we just pack all that stuff up. We pack the coolers up, the griddle that we use for trail magic, the tables that we use. Uh, we pack it all in the truck. Um, I have a truck with like a tarp, a camper cover over it. So we pack everything up and, uh, and just roll with it. And we have two dogs, two Doberman, Bella and Baxter, and they roll with us as well. So, and hikers tend to love the dogs. I found that sometimes people, you know, they, they either, they, maybe they leave their dog at home or they haven't been around an animal or some, some dog to pet in a while. So sometimes when we're out, I'll, I'll look over and Bella's laying on her back and, She's got three or four hikers that are pet, you know, petting her and stuff like that. So the dogs love the lifestyle as well. It's really, uh, it's really cool. Um, so we have them out there with us. Now Dobermans, they can be pretty intimidating if if you're not uh, familiar with them. In fact, yeah. you know, I started, I started dating Mrs. Doc when we were 16, and uh, I remember she she was driving at the time, and she drove us into her backyard, and you know, outside the car in her backyard were these two huge Dobermans. She had two Dobermans oh, yeah. as well. And she and she got out of the car and she's like, "Come on!" I'm like, "I I'm not getting out of the car." I mean, look at these look at these things. These things are huge, and of course they're barking and everything else. But uh, once you got to know them, they were real sweethearts. They're, they're great dogs. Yeah, that's the key, you know. And ours ours are uh, they're both red, and so maybe they're less intimidating with the color. And Bella has the natural floppy ears, so everyone thinks she's a hound dog. Um, and Baxter, his were already his ears were cropped when we got him. Uh, so everyone like is people are sometimes a little more standoffish around him. And we got Baxter right in the middle of COVID, and so he wasn't acclimated to our lifestyle as much because we weren't on the road the same way in 2020. And so it took Baxter a little bit to like come to terms with, hey, I'm going to get to hang out with 60 people, different people coming through this little set up here every you know because in the bubble we might feed 50 or 60 people a day sometimes uh, at different places where we're set up um and so it took baxter a little bit of time to like acclimate to the lifestyle but he's there now so they're both pretty good um you know hikers uh are used to them now and so some people will catch who i am just because they're like oh yeah that guy with the family and the dogs that's got to be shep that's got to be shep and for our listeners out there who for our listeners out there who have their uh, get to know Doc scorecards uh, handy, you can now fill in the space as to Mrs. Doc's childhood dogs. Their names were Clyde and Sheena. Mm, Clyde and Sheena. Okay. Clyde and Sheena. And Sheena was named after Sheena Easton, the singer. So Sheena, Sheena Easton, was that the name? Easton? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Oh, now I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to have to look it up. Stand by, quick, quick uh, Google. Sheena, yeah, Sheena Easton, Scottish singer. She sang. Uh, oh. uh, that might be why I don't know. I'm not real up on my Scottish singers. Yeah, well, I mean, she, I mean, she was a big pop star back in the '80s. She sang like "Sugar Walls" and "We've Got Tonight." 
and uh, some other stuff. Oh, no, anyway, we've got some. Yeah. There you go. All right. Back to the show. Back to the show. Now you've you've done a little bit of name dropping, Shep. You, you we've we've talked about some some folks that have been on the podcast, and you know what kinds of crazy stories or crazy you know yourself. If you've been involved with some crazy stuff out there, you know what wh- what can you share with us in terms of some good stories out there? Let me tell you, the craziest story I think I have comes from my very first section height, um, and I tell this story sometimes. And people are like, "Man, that is." That's crazy. Um, and I don't know, maybe I can get some answers. Maybe if this gets put out there, if I tell this story, uh, somebody can give me some answers as to what happened in this situation. But um, I'll tell you this story. So it was my very first uh, section hike. I did the whole Amicola stairs. My wife wasn't there at the top of the steps, so I kept going. And we got all the way to Woody Gap, and it was flood- it was just flooding rain at Woody Gap. Like you couldn't even see the parking lot standing across the road from where the parking lot is if you know if anybody knows where that parking lot is so you couldn't even see the big woody gap sign so it was flooding rain and um the 12 tribes bus was right there in the parking lot and uh so they welcomed us over and we had some soup and um some hot tea and it was freezing rain and uh so uh, my brother-in-law was hiking with me on then and so i was like well i don't want to be in this rain tonight so what do hikers let's call the hostel um and there was a hostel that was over a gas station it's called wolf pin gap i think country store back then this hostel has since closed i don't believe it's open now but it was uh it's right near woody gap and also gooch gap right in the very beginning of the at um so i decided you know i don't want to put up a tent in this rain and it's it's freezing rain and so we sat on the bus there with the 12 tribes until um a shuttle driver pulled up and he's like, anybody want to go to the hostel? So we jumped in, we go down to this hostel and they've overbooked this thing because it's raining. So this, it was like three rooms over a gas station and there was a big open room with, uh, with like a card table and some couches and things like that and microwave. And then there was just the rooms where people sleep, but they overbooked it. So I didn't have a bed. I let my brother-in-law have the last bunk. So I was going to just sleep in the common area. Um, but sometime in the middle of that night, like probably around 830, I noticed there was this kid that came in and he wasn't dressed like a hiker. He had on like a Carhartt jacket and he was toting some books around. And I was like, what's the deal with this kid? You know, I don't, I don't know what the deal with this kid is. Um, younger guy. Well, everyone starts going to bed. I could hear hikers snoring like in the other rooms and stuff. Everybody's starting to go to bed and this guy's still milling around. And there's these two girls. I remember they were from Wisconsin. These two girls from Wisconsin were they were going to sleep on the floor out in this common area because there was there weren't beds for them. And I was just going to sleep on the couch. So I had the little kick out by the door, like just kick the recliner out. And there was the other end. So I told the kid, I was like, "Hey, just grab this other end over here," because I was a little leery of this guy. This one was like, "Grab this other end over here." And uh, he tells me, he says, "Man, I've been on a long journey. I think I'm just going to sleep on the floor." And he gets over right by the door and he puts his suitcase next to. The door is like right next to me on the end of this couch. And he puts his suitcase. And once I saw the suitcase, I know like this kid's not a hiker. So he puts his suitcase by the couch and he gets on, lays his books down for his pillow. And he just goes like he's going to go to sleep right there on the floor. So I flip the light off and I'm just like, man, something's up with this situation. And, you know, I'm thinking this kid's going to like kill us all or something in the middle of the night. Like I'm worried about this guy. So I wouldn't go to sleep. 
And so it was raining. It was a dark and stormy night. And so it's raining. And this goes on for like two hours. I'm awake. And this guy's he'll get up and he'll mill around in there and all the lights are off. But he doesn't turn any lights on. But he goes down and like looks in one of the rooms and comes back and lays down on the floor again. And I'm just like, what is going on? And then I hear a car pull into the gravel lot. And there's steps that come up the outside of this building up to the up to the hostel. And I hear the the doom, 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 doom of the boots coming up the steps. And all of a sudden the door kicks open and it is this big burly guy. He's bearded and he's wearing camouflage and he shines a flashlight in my face, shines it on those girls and he shines it on this guy and he kicks this kid. And this kid jumps straight up at attention like he's in the military. And he says, you ready to go get your stuff. And the kid grabs his uh, his books and his suitcase and goes out the door with this guy. And they shut the door. The door wasn't locked. And I was like, oh, my God. So I grabbed the couch and, like, pulled it over in front of the door. And I flipped all the bolt, deadbolts and everything. And, of course, the two girls from Wisconsin, they had not went to sleep either. Like, they were still awake. And they were like, oh, my, we thought we were going to die, you know. So I told them, I was like, look, nobody's getting back in this door tonight. I'm sleeping on this couch. And I drug it over in front of the door. And I was like, this door is not going to open until tomorrow morning. And so I finally went to sleep next morning. Hikers are waking up and they're like, man, what happened with that kid last night? And the girls are like, ask him. He saw it too. They're talking about, they're, they're like, he saw him get snatched up in the middle of the night. So I have no clue. I don't know who that kid was or what the deal was or how he got, where he went. I don't know if the militia snatched him up in the middle of the night or what happened there in North Georgia. But that was uh, my third night ever on a hiking trail. And uh, sometimes I tell that story and people are like, dude, that is legit a crazy story. That is weird. That is wild. And, and to this day, you have no idea what that might have been. No clue. I have no clue who the guy was that picked him up. I don't know who the kid was. Like, um, you know, like that was in the very beginning, too. Now, as a, a person who's been around a lot of people on trails, like like as a chaplain, I'm very inquisitive. I want to know about people's stories. I want to hear about people's life. I would have asked him a lot more questions like now. I would have, if I saw a kid like that, I would ask him a lot more questions about what's going on with him. Then I was kind of like, I'm just an accountant, you know, and like, and, and I'm just out here just taking a break from my church duties and my accounting. And just, you know, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really in the place with the capacity that I am now to like ask the right questions, you know? And so I wonder like, what was up with that guy? You know, was he in trouble? I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, you were now, just trying, to, sur were just trying to survive at that that point. Yeah, I was just trying to survive. Like I just wanted to go to sleep, you know. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that was a pretty crazy one uh, for for me right there, right off the bat. All right. Well, hey, we we just put that out there, North Georgia. This is on you. If, if you're familiar with this uh, with with these characters out there, um, let us know what what was going on out there. If you if you've witnessed, yeah, yeah. It, if anybody was there that night when the kid got snatched up, well, I would mm -hmm. like to, I want to know more about like what happened with that. Yeah. How many years ago was this? That was probably 2015, 14, 15, maybe when I first started off on the AT. So nine so years eight, ago, maybe eight, nine, eight, nine years ago. So if you, if you are the kid and you're, you're, you're listening in, if you were that kid eight, nine years ago, got snatched up by somebody yeah. in camouflage and uh, Let us know. you were worried about the guy sleeping on the couch next to you. You know, you were just as scared as he was. Uh, you know, let us know what, what was yeah, going yeah. on there. He was probably like, I don't know who this freaky guy on this couch is. that's wants me to come over here. And <laughs> yeah, he was probably looking probably for places. Really 
other places to sleep farther away from you. He's like, I got to call my dad to come get me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, tell us, uh, you know, you, 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 you've name dropped. We've talked about Mega Man. We've talked about Professor. We've talked about Out and About. Any other celebrity hikers out there that you, you've run into? Um, I mean, I've seen, I see a little bit of, of every, everyone, um, you know, I, I really don't, I don't love the whole, I guess, I guess I, you say name drop, I guess that's my normal conversation with people that I know. Like I bump into a lot of people, but it's not like, like, I'm not like a big, uh, um, I don't like fall all over people like some folks do, you know? Um, yeah, you know what, Chef? I, I didn't mean. I didn't. I didn't mean to imply that when I say name drop. I, oh, I just, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm no, just. I'm, I'm saying that in the way that you know. You've mentioned people that I recognize. And any any yeah. other folks well, out just, there that I might. I just know. I just know that some of these some of these guys like I joke around with like Hawk. I don't know if you've ever heard of Hawk on the AT, but like um, I joke around with him because I've seen like people people like almost like drive him nuts sometimes. You know, like. They'll, they just, they love him. He's a good guy. And, uh, you know, they'll send him stuff all the time and, you know, they'll try to track him down and at hostels. And, uh, so sometimes I'll, I'm like, man, I couldn't even get up the driveway for all the, all the groupies out there, uh, <laughs> on the, in the driveway that were like trying to figure out if you were up here. But, um, I mean, I, I meet a lot of people just being out every, every year and, um, you know, doing, doing the, the trail, uh, trail angel thing. So, um, you know, I've, I've met Darwin, you know, he's, he does a lot of videos. Um, I'm in an, I'm in an old, if you go back to 2020 when he was doing his, uh, he was going to recreate his Appalachian trail hike. And then he got shut down because of COVID. If you look at his early videos, uh, at Dick's Creek, I'm doing, tr I'm cooking hot dogs at Dick's Creek in one of his videos. And I didn't even really, like, I didn't, I don't really had, hadn't really watched many of his videos and I didn't realize how many people watched them until my phone starts dinging and it's like normal people from South Alabama. They're like, dude, I just saw you in a Darwin video. And I'm thinking, what are you guys doing watching Darwin videos? You know, like you don't even hide. <laughs> and so, but there's a lot of people that are really into the videos and stuff. Um, you know, so I've had a chance to, I've had a chance to, to meet, to meet him. Um, uh, you know, I'm saying, and, and, and Jolly, uh, you know, Jolly gear, of course, um, you know, he's from Alabama. And so, uh, Jolly is really a legit guy. I love what he's doing. And, uh, I think he's a good fella. Yeah. So he was actually Jolly, called... Jolly is solid. He's a great guy. Bennett. Yep. When I was, yeah, Bennett, Bennett Fish. When I was starting off, when I was starting off in, uh, with the, with the trail work that I do with the trail chaplaincy, um, I had a guy that's a minister friend of mine that like gave me his name cause he knew him and said, Hey, call this guy. And so, like I, one of the, one of the first things I did when I was thinking about like uh, setting up and like how I could serve and like, and what I could do to really serve and help bless hikers. Uh, I was, uh, I like talked to him on the phone and like just kicked around some ideas of some stuff to have on my tables and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, um, he's been, it's a good guy. Um, so yeah, so, you know, no, no jolly, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, so just some of those, some of those guys, I'm probably forgetting the people that I should, should remember now, but. Yeah. It's always the danger when you're, you're put on the spot to name folks and you're, you're, you're always going to forget somebody. So. Yeah. I mean, I have people like, Oh man, you didn't, you didn't think, you didn't even think about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Shep, what, what's, what's next for Shep? What are, what's the next big adventure? Oh man. Next big adventure. I'm going to try to finish up some things. So 
I'm hoping to uh, to I did a big section on the pin hoodie with out and about last year, so I'm hoping to finish that up, knock out the pin hoodie, um, and of course going to do a little bit more of the AT uh, this year. May go with my buddy that I was talking about. Uh, we may go and uh, possibly possibly do something like the West Highland Way in Scotland. Um, so we're oh, kicking wow. that around, mm-hmm. or possibly the the uh, Tour de Mont Blanc. So that circuit around the mountain there. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, so we're kicking, around, kicking around some something that we want to do in, in Europe. Uh, no miles and I. I've got a little. Got a little savings going on for the Camino in uh, probably two years, so uh, I've convinced No Miles that basically the Camino is a uh, is a day hike every day for like thirty five days. So right. yeah, I'm That's like right. you don't have to carry a tent; you can stay in a bed and breakfast every day. So I really want I really want to experience that with her and like get her to you know get her out and uh, you know to spend time with her and to do something that that we really enjoy and. Um, you know, we know a lot of a lot of uh, hikers that go over and do that. And really, our work can be done uh, everywhere that there is uh, is people. And, you know, everywhere there's people to bless, people to serve, people to get to know, um, people who need someone to talk to, a listening ear. And that's what we do. So, um, yeah, we're kicking around. Uh, she and I are kicking around uh, going over to the community. This is when I get serious about a trail, when I'll actually go out onto the far out app and buy the, you know, get the trail. Like I've actually bought that trail. So once it's you're, in my life, like I'm serious yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm serious yeah. about it. So, yeah, so we've got that. Um, and you know what? And I'd love to get. No miles. I mean, you'll let her know it's a, it's a religious pilgrimage. I mean, that's, that's what the Camino is all about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I, you know, people talk about the, the monasteries, like I would want to stay in all of those, but now you know, she would probably rather stay in the bed and breakfast, but, um, yeah, the, the religious pilgrimage. Um, and so, uh, I'd like to get back out to Arizona and do some more of the Arizona trail. Um, funny, funny story about Arizona. The first time I was out there, I had my rain fly and I was going to put my rain fly on my tent. My buddy's like, you don't need a rain fly. It's like, what? he's like, it doesn't rain, you know, here. And so I was like, okay. Well, then I, what I didn't know was there's a thin layer of dust that's going to get all over everything, you know, when you're out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you don't even really, you know, the cool thing is to get out there and, like you say, uh, cowboy camp, do some different things. But um, I'd love to get back out there. And uh, I love the area there, northern Arizona, like around Flagstaff, man, that's one of my favorite places in the world after I visited there. I was like, yeah, this is not like, this is a cool spot. So, um, I have visited, uh, Colorado now. And so, man, I, the Colorado trail is one of those places like, golly, I'd love to get out here and do a little bit of that, you know, maybe hike the whole thing there. So who knows, man, I'm just an, I'm an ADD hiker. Nice, nice. I'm a little bit jealous with all those uh, European hikes you got planned. And if you're thinking about the Colorado Trail, um, I have to throw in a plug for Jeff Garmeyer, uh, a.k.a. Legend, and also Dylan Harris, a.k.a. Lucky. Dylan Harris put together a documentary about uh, Jeff Garmeyer's FKT on the Colorado Trail. And they're doing a kind of a a tour right now uh, all, all over for these premieres of the documentary. 
Um, I've had a chance to take a look at uh, an advanced preview. It is fantastic. So when it finally does kind of, uh, when it's released to a, a platform that people can watch it on, um, check it out. It is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I heard that episode, I think uh, that was one of your recent episodes, right? That you had released yeah. on the, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Talking with Lucky. Yeah. Yep. The name of the documentary is, is free outside. That's uh Jeff Garmeyer's, Jeff Garmeyer's, uh, Instagram handle and the name of his book that he wrote about the calendar year triple crown. But this is all about his yeah. FKT on the, on the Colorado trail. And it's really awesome. That is awesome. Yep. All right, Shep. Hey, you know where we are? Ah, uh, is this the pro tip? Uh, you're a regular listener. So, you know, the pro tip <laughs> insight of the week. That's right, Shep. It's time for you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for us? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, that the best, you know, like you said, I've already given away some of it with the, with the shoes. Um, but for me, it's just, uh, go out and enjoy it and don't sometimes on these, uh, like I'm, you know, of course I'm on these different forums and different things like that with, uh, like with Facebook and they do the 2023 through hike and all that stuff. And it seems like a lot of people get really, really like twisted up about making sure everything's dialed in, everything's perfect, everything's planned and all of this stuff. And it's like, you know what, just, just go out and, and enjoy it and you'll figure it out. Um, you know, I used to be like that. Like I wanted to, especially whenever I was a section hiker, like I had to get back to work and do different things. So I had to have everything planned out perfectly and then try to get there by this time. But sometimes you can like plan things. I know that uh, some people are just like natural planners and uh, they want to make sure everything is thought out. But the sometimes the best way to be on a hiking trail is just to go out and just enjoy it and let it come to you and don't overthink it and don't overplan it. Um, but just, I mean, be prepared, but enjoy those moments as they come and like, don't get too twisted up about it. So, um, you know, I see people that are preparing and they're just worried about all kinds of things. They're worried about this, this weight or these shoes or this. And I'm like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And it'll be the, that'll be the best way to learn. That's how I did it. You know, I figured it out. Um, I went out and I figured out 47 pounds too heavy. Uh, so, but I really enjoy, I mean, I like to tell those stories and, uh, you know, people laugh at me with my, you know, pair of changes socks and pair of clothes for every day and all that stuff. But um, in the end, it makes a good story and I really enjoyed it. And so I figured it out. And so. That is some outstanding trail wisdom. Be prepared, but be flexible because whatever yeah. you plan, you, you try and plan to the day for a, a, a long uh, adventure. It's, it's not going to work out. I mean, you have to, you have to be able to adjust on the fly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be very flexible, um, you know, and uh, not too rigid. And, uh, you know, that's probably the that that's the biggest thing, I think, uh, is just go out and uh, enjoy it. Let it come to you. All right. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Shep. Want to thank him for taking uh, the time with us this week. Shep, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah, so uh, my organization, we call it Trail Servants. So Trail Servants has a Facebook page. It has uh, Instagram. And uh, my Instagram is Adventure Preacher. 
that's just a one run on word adventure preacher. Um, and so you can look me up there. Um, and uh, those are those are the best ways to kind of kind of keep up with us. Sounds like the title of a, a great book or a superhero movie. Adventure Preacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. It works. It kind, it kind of explains it kind of explains everything in a nutshell. Yeah. Um it's kind of funny cuz uh you know when I'm out there I'm not really like preaching but at the same same time it's like you know this is this is uh kind of uh kind of what I who I am, you know. You're out there supporting people. That's great. That's right. Blessing and serving. Yeah. Yep. Chef, I'm also looking to you to. The Adventure Media Recommendation. Share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the trail. Calling this our Adventure Media Recommendation. Any any recommendations for us? Uh, you said a book, a movie. Let's see. You don't have to do um, movies, just just one one overall. Something that if people want to feel feel close to nature, you know, what is some type of media they can consume? A particular title or a uh, a movie, documentary. Well, let me tell you one one thing is um that uh the Alpinist is a is a documentary on Netflix that um I have a couple a couple of my hiking buddies and I, I mean we've literally we've seen that thing like six times you know, recently, John Mark LeClaire, um, it's, and, 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 you know, he's, he's a climber, not a hiker, but I think it was just the kind of the, the way he lived his life and, uh, the freedom that he lived his life with, uh, man, that, that really, that really hit us. Like I could just sit and watch that over and over and over and, and learn a little bit like about that guy's life and how he lived it. And, uh, so, I mean, that one, that one really sticks out to me. So I would, I would tell everyone to go and check that out just because um, I think he was an interesting person. Uh, yeah. Remarkable. That's an outstanding recommendation. That is time well spent watching that documentary. It is, it's really, really good. Yeah. For what sure. have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up, just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What did we miss tonight? Ah, what have you, what have, uh, what am I dying to tell you that you haven't asked? Um, you know, uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, we just look forward to being able to, uh, to help people, um, to help people out, uh, as they're, as they're out there and they're doing their adventures in, in different places. Um, so, uh, we're, we're always, uh, we're always on the trail and, uh, I, I forgot to mention that we have an app that you can download. That's a trail servants app. And um, we try to put in there where we're going to be like, where our trail map, like where we're at on the trail, where the trail magic is and things like that. Um, but it's also got some different content, some spiritual content stuff on there too. If people um, want to get that. And um, it, it is uh, going to be, it's available on, uh, it's available on the Android and I got a little issue going on with my i uh, i store right now, but it'll soon be back available uh, through the uh, Apple Store as well. So you can get the Trail Servants app. You can keep up with us. You can see where we're going, where we're going to be setting up through the year. So if you're out hiking and uh, you want to know where we're at, or you're coming close to us, or whatever, um, 
you could say, hey, yeah, Shep's got a setup going on up here, and I'm going to book it another five miles and make sure that I go and get some good stuff. So I kind of try to keep our times and where we're at on there. Um, it's also got all our contact info. So if somebody sprains an ankle and they look and they can see that we're close by or something like that, and they need somebody to help them out, we do, you know, we'll try to help people out and do things like that. So that's outstanding. They can call, they can call the superhero, the adventure preacher to come out and help them out. That's right. Nice. It's like the Batman call sign, right? The, 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 the big spotlight in the sky. This is the app that can get adventure preacher to you. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. Hey, that is a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Shep? Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm always excited about my guys that are out there doing things. And so, um, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to, to hike with uh, a little bit with Mr. Out and About. And I'm excited for, uh, for what Mega Man's got going on here. He's about to go out, uh, do some, do some hiking, some bushwhacking out and out West. Uh, so I'm excited, uh, excited for that. And, uh, you know, I just got a lot of, uh, a lot of cool friends that do cool things. And so I'm always pulling for them. Uh, and sometimes I get to be with them a little bit of the way. Sometimes, uh, I just, uh, kind of live vicariously through them, but I'm always, uh, pulling for them, praying for them. Great. And a big shout out to, uh, no miles as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No miles. I couldn't do this without, you know, if you don't have someone to live this life, to live in tents and to be in the rain and, to, you know, eat ramen and, you know, it, it takes, uh, it takes someone that's a partner that's there that's willing to be in the mud with you to kind of do what we do. And, uh, so her and my kids, man, they're just, uh, they're a huge support. Um, you know, if, if they weren't down to get out there and to hike and to camp and to do all the things we were just in the Everglades recently and there was little alligator right outside the kid's tent. You know, they're a little nervous about that, but man, uh, you know, they just roll with me wherever and uh, they're always down for adventure. So. Amen to that. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if the militia guy got the kid who was sleeping on the floor next to you last night. (laughs) The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.